Welcome to the Solution Focus Schools Unlimited podcast series. My name is Linda Metcalf, and I'm the author of Counseling Toward Solutions, the first book published in 1995 that took the solution-focused approach into schools for kindergarten through 12th grade. Now in its third edition, you can purchase the book at Amazon.com. The title of this podcast today is The Expert Within You, Pushing Through the Pandemic. Like a lot of you, I am home working remotely, talking to students online, doing committee work online for my university, and occasionally taking a break and reading a book that I just acquired entitled The Right of a Lifetime by Robert Iger. You might recall him as the CEO of Disney for 15 years. I'm actually a big Disney fan. I love the innovation, the pushing the envelope, the idea of being creative in all kinds of situations that's evident throughout the history of Disney. In the book, Mr. Iger talks about leadership qualities that he ran across as he moved from being a producer at a TV station to the top of the world as CEO for Disney. He talks about some qualities he saw in people that he did not take on and others that he decided were very, very helpful. As I read through those qualities, I began to think how if many of us could take on these qualities now and or maybe even add to the ones that you've already got and helped our clients do the same, it might make a difference for helping all of us get through the challenges we're facing. So let's take a look at how these qualities might help us be even better counselors as we push through the pandemic and find the expert within each of us and within each of our clients. The first quality I'd like to talk about is that of optimism. During difficult times, being optimistic or hopeful means not yielding to pessimism. Tough, isn't it? Especially when things are so uncertain right now. Yet, if your students or clients seem down, being empathetic first and then helping them to steer toward how they'd like to see themselves make it through the next few days increases optimism. The solution-focused approach always looks for what we call a preferred future and does so in a way that is not so much a Pollyanna-ish approach, but just plain hopeful. It means that we are curious with our clients and our students as we hear their dilemmas that we work with online or on the phone as we talk with them. And it means letting them know that we're impressed with how far they've come so far or that they've coped so far. Sometimes when people are feeling down about the future, it's hard to realize that you've already made it through quite a few situations. And this situation we're dealing with is not ending anytime soon. So talking about optimistically, the way people can get through the next few days is a quality that might be quite helpful right now. The next quality I'd like to talk about is that of courage. You have courage. So do your clients and your students. You get up in the morning, you think, how will I get through this day, even though it's uncertain? 
How will I take care of my kids? How will I teach them the lessons they now have to take online? How will I talk to my clients in a way that's confidential? It's uncomfortable, but you do it because you know it's important and you know it's necessary. That's what courage is. How do we help our clients recognize the courage that they have? One way is just to ask, how is it you're able to talk to me and get through some of the things that you're telling me is so difficult right now? Maybe a parent is talking to you on the phone about how hard it is to work at home and yet help her kids finish lessons. Asking that question, how is it you're able to do that, may lead to an answer like, I don't know, I just have to which might lead to another question. So how is it that you've mustered up the idea that you have to? What does that say about you as a person? What does that mean to your kids, knowing that mom will do it? Because even if she thinks she just has to, she's there for us. What kind of feelings do you think that instills in your children as they look to you, even though you've got your hands full? These are questions that bring about the best in people. And they help them to see that in spite of all they're dealing with, they really are coping. The next quality is focus. Right now, we are focusing on many important things to us. We're spending more time with those we love and appreciating things that maybe we often ignored. I wonder what difference that's making for you to stop, not be as busy, not be as rushed, to listen to someone that maybe had talked to you before but maybe didn't always have time to stop and hear them. I wonder what difference that makes for them and what difference it might make for you to know you did something by focusing on them that might have made their day. It's also a time to think about focusing on what is working in the world today. While yes, there's a huge challenge and there are many, many uncertainties, there's also emerging a sort of kindness amongst people that hasn't been there before. The acts of kindness that are happening all over the world are incredible. Focusing on those is uplifting, optimistic, and hopeful. Try that tomorrow. When you wake up, focusing on what you do have going on well for yourself, for your family, for those that you care about, and see what difference that makes as you go through your day. The next quality is curiosity. The last time someone called you up and just out of the blue said, You know, I was just thinking about you and wanted to check on how you are. They're curious about you. It sends a message automatically that you are important. I know many of you are talking or emailing or even just working online with students and clients, teachers, parents right now. Whenever you just decide to call them up and do what we're calling a check-in, be curious about how they're doing. And when they say, you know, it's been really tough, say, you know, it is tough, but what I'm curious about is how you've made it so far. What did you do today that 
told you you're going to get through this? What did you notice about yourself when you were doing that? I wonder what your your parents saw, or if it's a teacher, I wonder what your friends saw, or your your spouse saw, or even your own children saw that told them, I'm going to get through this. That curiosity is a big, big gift to give to people. Being curious is a compliment, and they have your attention while they're giving you all kinds of answers. Also, being curious means trying new ways to communicate with someone online. Iger says in his book, The Path to Innovation Begins with Curiosity. So maybe if you're finding that some students aren't turning in the things that you wish they would turn in or responding to assignments like you wish they would respond, maybe it's time to be curious about trying something new, something innovative. Maybe it's time to ask yourself, hmm, am I asking too much during a time like this? What's the most important things that they need to know? And maybe how, even when I was in face-to-face classrooms or face-to-face in my guidance office, what did I do with other students that helped them to answer me in a way where it wasn't as difficult? Be curious about yourself and your traits and your abilities and the things you do well. Curiosity. Let's do more of it. Here's a really nice quality. The quality is fairness. Fairness. Right now, it doesn't seem to matter who you are in the world. If you are hurting and you are in need of medical help or support, mental health support, isolating, people are there giving to you. It doesn't matter. There's a sense of fairness that's happening in our world that's such a lovely thing to see. There's people being kind and helpful. People from all walks of life are doing it. They're singing to us. They're writing poetry for us. They're creating activities, celebrities, and and famous people who give concerts are doing free concerts online in their homes, their living rooms, and they're doing it just because it's the right thing to do. We're all in this together. It's a fairness of sorts. Fairness also applies to us in schools today when we are teaching online and maybe students aren't giving back to us the work that we hoped they would do. And we wonder, okay, what am I going to do? I need to give a grade. I need, do I need to grade hard because they're not doing it? Maybe not. Instead, think about what you might do differently, being kind of innovative. Iger says that the road to innovation is filled with curiosity and fairness. And right now, maybe, if that student's not giving back what you need them to give back, think about other ways that you could deliver it. Or maybe even think about ways that you've reached other students before who were not maybe as motivated as they needed to be. What did you do? What would that student say you did? Of all things right now, be fair. There's too many other things to worry about other than, did he get that one answer right on that worksheet? Instead, 
Notice what he did do. Compliment. Let them know it's appreciated. Be fair. The last quality is thoughtfulness. Thoughtfulness is gaining knowledge each day about how to survive, especially during this time, and stay healthy and reach out to the clients and students who need you. That's thoughtfulness. I hope that as you reach out for the phone or log into your computer and get ready to talk to students or clients or teachers or parents online, that you'll stop for a minute before you begin to interact with them and think about something you could say that's thoughtful. Maybe it's something like, wow, thank you for joining me. I know that this is a hectic time. I know that you have three children at home, and yet you still said you talked to me on the phone about the lessons that I've been sending your your kids to do while we're out of school. Thank you for that. And by the way, tell me how you're making it through the day, because it seems as if you've got a fairly good handle on things. That's being thoughtful. At the end of the day, after interacting with people in that way and just being curious and being fair, after all the things we've talked about on this podcast, imagine to yourself, hmm, how did I do today? When I think about my score in life as a 1 to a 10, and 10 meaning I was the best human I could be today, and 1, well, I got some work to do, where were you? Where would you put yourself? And once you get that number, ask yourself, what did I do to deserve that number? What did I do to earn that number? And if you were a five or a six or a seven or an eight, who knows? Then think, what can I do a little bit more tomorrow? Or even just for the rest of the evening to push it up just a little bit. Digging into the qualities that this podcast talked about today, I hope that you can find some ways to utilize what's already inside of you. There is an expert inside of you and inside of every student, parent, and teacher you work with. Being solution-focused means believing that there's an expert inside, and your job is to find it. In the early 1990s, there was a TV show named Northern Exposure. It was a fun show full of quirky characters with amazing writing. There was one episode where Ed, who was a Native American young man, where he wanted to film Ira, who was a woodcarver. So he went to film Ira one day and watched him closely as he carved away at an alder branch. Ed noticed how easily the blade in Ira's hand just flowed along the grain of the wood. And he asked Ira one day what it was he was carving, and Ira said, I'm carving a flute. And Ed said, well, how do you know where to carve? You're just carving so easily and so quickly. And Ira said, it's easy, Ed. You just follow the grain of the wood. Inside every alder branch is a flute. My job is to find it. You know, the artist Michelangelo, one of my favorite artists, used to talk about the same thing. He would say, inside every block of marble is a statue that I need to release. And he did so in incredible ways. So this podcast was about finding the expert within you. In the same way that Ed found the expert and the flute inside the alder branch, in the same way that Michelangelo 
breed ultimately amazing statues, over the next week, free up the expert within you too. And look for the expert in your students, parents, teachers, family, anyone you come encounter with. Because when you do, you'll be able to use all the qualities we've talked about in this podcast. And that will make you an expert as well. Best wishes. Welcome to the Solution Focus School's Unlimited Podcast Series. My name is Linda Metcalf, and I'm the author of Counseling Toward Solutions, the first book written in 1995 that took the solution-focused approach into the classroom for students in grades kindergarten through 12th grade. Now in its third edition, you can purchase that book and several other books that I've written on Amazon.com. So today's podcast is going to be interesting. Um, About a week ago, I was talking to a friend who asked me about the next podcast and what it would be about. When I mentioned, I thought I would do something on something called restorying. She said, oh, like, hey, like, where did my life go? And that kind of turned into the title of this. So the title is, so where did my life go? How many of you are asking that as well as asking your students how their life is going lately? It's a puzzle to all of us. It seems that most of us are experiencing our lives today in ways that we would have never imagined, almost as if the story of our lives has been intruded upon by a new chapter. That character is the coronavirus. It's interfering with the story we were trying to write and live through, as well as it's interfering with our students' lives. The intrusion has caused important events to be canceled, indefinitely and future rites of passage such as graduation, prom, etc. have just been put aside for our students and never to be experienced by them in the future. But what if we took these disappointments and put them into a different kind of perspective? What if in times like these, the solution-focused approach, along with the sprinkling of narrative therapy approach, could help us shed some light on exactly how to keep writing our story. Maybe by recognizing what we had hoped to do and achieve in those events and figure out other ways to achieve some of it. Well, let's try. Since this podcast centers on school-related concerns, for the rest of this podcast, I'm going to share some ideas on how to talk to high school seniors whose senior year was dramatically changed three months too early, and college students who had to return home early and readjust to online learning and social isolation from college events, and our younger students whose school year changed resulting in their trying to learn new concepts from assignments on tablets rather than with their teacher's assistance. And probably as a result of listening to how these ideas can assist students, maybe you'll find ways to apply them to yourself and those you love. Anyway, that's my hope. So to get started, I want to share a little history. A few years ago, I put into writing some work that 
I'd been using over the last 20 years or so with students, teachers, parents, even private clients that combine narrative therapy with a solution-focused approach. Now, for some of you who are not familiar with narrative therapy, it is also a postmodern approach like solution-focused therapy, which means instead of going into problem discovery, it focuses more on future resolution and evolution. Forever it seemed, I combined the two whenever I noticed that a school client needed a little bit more than just the three steps we've talked about in this series. For example, clients going through grief and loss, trauma or sadness, needed, it seemed, a little bit more time to talk about that interruption, which is how I talk about it or story it when I talk to them. That interruption had just simply got in the way of their life as they knew it. I usually figured they needed to talk by how they came to talk to me, how I would observe them. Once I asked questions to get their idea of what they wanted to talk about or what their desired outcome was, I would notice that they seemed a little bit lost and not so capable at that point of describing to me what they wanted. Instead, they seemed just kind of buried under the issue. They couldn't seem to give me a direction easily, and out of respect to them, I felt obliged to let them lead. And when they did, they led me into the sadness, anger, disappointments, and more. I never asked about it. I never dug into the sadness or anger and disappointments that caused the issues or caused those, those emotions to happen. I just listened to them. And then, together, we just talked about how the interruption had caused havoc in their lives. Michael White referred to that as mapping the effects of a problem on our life. Surely today, when you look at the effects that the coronavirus has had on your life, you could easily map the effects of what the virus has caused in your life. But looking at it as if it is an interruption gives us a chance to look at it from a distance and find a way to work around it, stand up to it, and finally get a little bit of control. Anyway, doing it this way seemed to help my school clients figure out what they wanted in spite of the intrusion. That way, no matter what their goal was in regard to their preferred future or miracle, however you want to think about it, there was always a way to talk about how to get a little bit of that miracle, even when it seemed impossible. That's when we looked at what would it look like someday soon when just a fraction of that was happening for you. To me, it seemed like a natural fit to the solution-focused approach. And it's taken me on some amazing rides with clients who found ways to, in spite of a story that got interrupted, found a way to write that story in their own hand to where they got a little bit of what it meant to them. So along we went, no matter what the current situation was that was intruding in their lives, and we developed the preferred future, talking about what the school client would be doing someday soon to achieve a fraction of that preferred future, even slightly. I loved asking questions such as, who would you be if you had been able to 
attend graduation, attend prom, attend the events, participate in the sports event, the finals, who would you have been? And I love listening to their answers, listening to them describe that character. And then gently we go into, well, since that can't happen, I wonder, on a scale of one to 10, 10 meaning that you are that character who got to experience all of that, and one, not at all, where are you anyway, in spite of not being able to achieve or attend those, those events? I was always surprised at the answers before when I used them with other situations. And then we could move slightly into the preferred future by my asking, so if you were at a four, what would a five look like? What would be other ways you could begin to have part of that character that you would have been should you have been able to attend these events? Somehow it just gave us a little bit of hope And, you know, solution-focused approach is all about hope. Talking like that tended to take us to a place where they would not allow the interruption to win. It was conquered or subdued somehow, allowing them to talk about lessening its impact or lessening the disappointment that they felt. It was amazing, too, to watch how they would stand up to the anxiety or the disappointment, the sadness, and continue writing the chapter on their terms. And I got to sit and witness it. It was fun. Once it was done, we could jump into exception finding that could also lead us to call up reinforcements, you might say, from times when they were successful before. So in the next part, I'm going to share some questions that I use with these particular school clients as this podcast continues. And I'm going to give you those questions in relation to the help of five basic elements of storytelling. You see, narrative therapy is all about stories. You and I have a story. Our students have stories. Right now, our stories of our lives have been rather really interrupted by the virus. But the stories are continuing to unfold. Our job is to follow them as they unfold and add our hand in writing the next part of the story. Thickening, dreams of a prom, graduation, award ceremonies, and more have been altered drastically or nearly vanished. It's time to maybe ask students what those dreams would have done for them, as we've talked about earlier in this podcast. The next item in storytelling is conflict. This is in regard to ways in which the characters attempt to resolve the problem and deal with the problem. And this is where the solution-focused question of, have you done it so far? Or, what difference would it have made for you if that other situation had been able to happen for you? Likewise, listen closely for their answers, as they will supply to you with their qualities, their resiliencies, their abilities, Sit back, listen, be curious. How is it you're able to be as optimistic as you are? How is it you're able to persevere even though this is such a difficult time? I am amazed at you. And the final part, what we all are looking forward to, the resolution. We're all looking forward to the resolution of the situation we are in. 
And it's the last part of the story. The resolution gets lots of detail. The character will be transforming as you help the student write who that character will continue to grow into. Use their language as they describe themselves to you as they move forward on that scale from a place where they were slightly under who they would have been should they have gotten to experience all of the things they wanted to experience. But they're moving up the scale. We don't look back. If there are some idle no's, makes sense to me. That's fine. It just means they're thinking. Let them think and be careful to never fill in their story for them. It's their story. Give them some time. If they don't know during the time you're talking to them, let them know you are just happy to wait until the next time you chat with them and ask them to write it down and have it ready the next time. In this situation today, there's so much concern over the new normal and how it will look. Many will wonder, as do I, whether this pandemic will keep us from being who we were before. And it probably will. How could it not? But who's to say that emerging from this plot, that we become characters in our story that we like even more? Who knows? All I know is that you have the chance as a school counselor, teacher, educator, parent, person to help students keep writing their life story during this time whenever you talk with them and listen to what they're going through. Keep the solution-focused approach in your pocket and the narrative approach too. Through the use of language and patient listening, you may be amazed at how students can get even more resilient when they realize that there's a lot of chapters ahead and in those chapters they are the author. And as for you, thank you for listening. Do me a favor this week and take a peek at your own story and use these guiding questions on yourself. Who will or who would you have been should this pandemic never have occurred? Write those items down. Scale them on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest of who you would have been. Where are you now? And what would you do just for the rest of today to move up a quarter of a point or half a point toward that person you aspire to be? There's many routes when you look at a map. Whatever route it takes you on, make it exceptional.